was an ordinary day during an ordinary week. Well, as ordinary as it could get in the neutral zone. The two armies had grown bored of slaughter, and so a temporary peace settled over the world like a blanket. We didn't know how long it would last, so we were trying to make the most of it we could. Gathering supplies, scouting out new hiding places, keeping an eye on the movements of the military scouts to try and divert any potential encounters. The longer the military stayed apart, the longer the peace would last, the better for everyone. One day, battle ended. There was a scouting party that Sam and I had been keeping a close eye on because they were spending a lot of time in our area. They kept getting closer while we foraged, so we found some trees to scale and settled in amongst the branches. Since I covered the last break, he kept watch while I strapped myself in and slept for a while. He would wake me in an hour when our way was clear. At least that was the plan. That didn't happen, though, because we were not counting on the Fae having a scouting party in the area. The Fae waited until the humans were settling down for a rest to launch their attack. It was horrifying. Bloody massacre happening beneath us. Neither of us dared to breathe for fear that one of us would be spotted. The soldiers were too focused on carnage and then survival to bother looking up. We were left with nothing to do but wait and watch until the last soldier fell. Their runners disappeared early in the fighting and much as I wanted to stop them, there was nothing we could do without drawing attention. Doubtless, they were returning to their respective armies to report what happened. Perhaps they would be caught by whoever was watching the group, but I knew better than to count on such a thing. It was enough of a miracle that we survived that night, given that no one else did. We waited until all motion ceased before we dared to leave our perches. We examined the bodies, careful to avoid any who remained alive, but by then they were all dead. We also gathered anything useful they had on their persons, for it does not do to waste such things. It was when we saw their patches that we realized how well and truly screwed we all were. That is also around when the third person you need to know showed up. James. Sam and I were somewhat familiar with him. He came from one of the human settlements, a refugee cast out for having some amount of fey blood in him. It happened sometimes, the faintest trace in the bloodline showing up long after the family forgot it was there. He didn't tell us at the time, but we suspected he may have been sent out as a spy. The humans did that sometimes when the signs appeared in someone. To prove that they were loyal, they were sent out into the neutral territories to spy on the enemy. Some took the assignment seriously. Others took the chance to disappear and start a life somewhere where they didn't have to hide. I pegged James as being somewhere in the middle. 
still wanting to be accepted back home while slowly finding a new home for himself in the forest. When he wandered into the clearing and saw the carnage, Sam's quick thinking was the only thing that stopped him from screaming. Once he stopped panicking, we dragged him along with us to find shelter from the coming thunderstorm. Along the way, Sam and I sent out every warning signal we could think of. We didn't know how much time we would have, but the sooner people got moving, the better. There was a cave just far enough away that we could get away if the runners brought reinforcements. Once we settled down, we explained the implications of what happened to James. I showed him the patches I had stolen from the officers, proving that they were members of the honor guard. That was another strange military tradition we had to deal with often. Scouting parties comprising of the children of officers and nobles, not skilled enough to join the military proper, but still eager for war. Both groups had been honor guard, and my guess was that the Fae thought the humans were encroaching on their territory. If they had been half a day's journey east, they would have been correct. But they weren't because somehow they got lost. The coming storm would obscure the details of what happened, but it wouldn't be long before the truth was out. Then it was only a matter of time before the war began again with a vengeance. Most of the denizens of the neutral territory would need to pack up everything and make way for somewhere else, as the forest that was their home for so long would be a war zone come spring. A silence fell over us for some time once James started realizing the weight of what that day would cost everyone. For a while, the only sound was that of the thunder and the rain. We were able to find enough branches and debris inside of the cave to make a small fire and keep it going throughout the night. It was not much, but it helped chase off some of the chill. I conjured more flames to heat some stones on which we cooked some of the rabbits we had caught earlier in the day. I don't think anyone was really hungry, but eating was something we needed to do to survive, so we did it. Sam started telling stories to pass the time, slipping into silly songs when they started looking too morose. Somehow we ended up in a discussion of what we would do in a world where there was no war, and honestly, at that time I had no answer, but I participated all the same. And unbeknownst to us, there was another person in that cave, and they heard everything we said. You have been listening to Ceasefire, the story of the end of a war that did not end the world. This story was written and produced by Brianna Jean as part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network changing reality one story at a time. In this episode, you can hear the voices of Brianna Jean as Vivian. You can support all of our productions over at patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial. 
to get more information on this or any of our other shows, check out our website at pseudonymsocial.com.